Let's read from Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands and put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Father, I thank you for your word, for the, the power of your word, for the life that is in your word. I pray for the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you would touch each heart because without the anointing of the Holy Spirit we can receive nothing. But I pray that you would touch each heart, you would anoint the words that go forth and they would be life to those who find them. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> what a piece of work is man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculty, in, in form and moving, how express and admirable, in action, how like an angel, in apprehension, how like a god, the beauty of the world, paragon of animals. Hamlet, act two, scene two. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Had to go there. Are we special? Are we unique? Is there something about mankind that is different from all of the rest of creation? Because if there is, then there's a God. And if there isn't, then there may be a God, but he's not the God of the Bible. The earth uh, is not the center of the universe, just for those of you who were not aware of that. Uh, and really, our uniqueness, our speciality, I just created a word. <laughs> and I think it's a good one. Yeah. Our uniqueness never sp sprung from the fact that the earth was the center of the universe or the center of the solar system or anything else. That, the Bible doesn't tell us that. It never sprung from that. In fact, the universe doesn't even have a center. You get right down to it. Because the universe is actually the geographic, it doesn't have a geographical center. Now it has a spiritual center, probably you'd say Jerusalem. Perhaps it has an economic center, that one tends to sort of move around from time to time, maybe a political center, but it doesn't have a geographical center on the surface of the earth. It, it would be somewhere in the middle of the earth. And the universe, the geographical universe is, is a three-dimensional thing, but it exists in a four-dimensional uh, matrix if you will, and it actually doesn't have a center anywhere, and we don't, and if it did, we wouldn't live anywhere close to it. Uh, if you recall from the first week, we actually live in this thing called the Milky Way galaxy, uh, which is kind of tucked over in a, in a corner of the universe somewhere, and our actual residence, our actual street address is out there between the, the spirals in the arms, away from the, the nebula nursery in, in the middle of it. Uh, a place that's specifically designed to, designed to support human life, but also a place, one of the few places in the universe where the glory of the universe can be observed. 
because if you remember from three weeks ago, if we were in one of those arms or in, in, in one of those places that continued to move back and forth through them, then we wouldn't see the sky the way that we do. And according to the Bible, we're intended to see it. We're intended uh, to look at the, at the glory of the heavens. Psalm 19, 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. That's, that's what they're there for, for us to see it. Isaiah chapter 40. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. We're commanded to do that. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. And so we're intended to see the glory of the heavens and we're uniquely positioned to see the glory of the heavens. But that's not why we're unique either. The Bible indicates that we are unique in all creation and there's a couple of ways that it, that it tells us this. The first is in Genesis 2-7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Now I believe that this literally is, is what happened. Uh, just let me say that, you know, the first week when I was talking about the Bible and science, uh, it might have been a little confusion. Some, I, I, I kind of got a little feedback about, Pastor, what are you, are you trying to say? You're trying to say that, that you believe in evolution? I, I'm, I'm trying to say I don't, I don't know. I believe in the Bible. I don't know about evolution, but I know about the Bible. That's what I believe in. And then what I was just trying to say is that I really don't care what you believe about evolution. I believe, I care what you believe about Jesus Christ being the Son of God, about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, and about God raising him from the dead. That's what I care about, because that's what, that's what the Scripture cares about. But I will say this, I, can't, I absolutely can't buy the notion that mankind has a common biological ancestor with the rest of creation, because the Bible tells me God did it a different way. And whether or not you believe that God actually, you know, that they reached down with his hands and he formed the dirt and he breathed into mankind, uh, there's no question that what this verse is telling us is we're different. We're different. The way that he made us was different. And not only is it because of this verse, but back in, uh, in chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We, we are all created in God's image. He is not created in our image. There's a rumor going around out there that man thought up God. And the reason that that rumor is going around out there is because we did make up a bunch of gods. Well, we didn't make up this one. Because this one's too surprising. This one's too powerful. This, this one does things so unlike the way man would do things or mankind would do things. Uh, even the Bible acknowledges that we, that we create gods over in Romans chapter 1. Paul said uh, they claimed to be wise, they, but they became fools. They exchanged the glory of, uh, of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. 
He is the potter, we are the clay. And that, that's, the Bible is very clear about that. We don't ever get to tell him what to do, though we try to do it very often. And also, he's neither male nor female. Hello. Now, uh, you know, I, I know that primarily he's rev uh, revealed in Scripture as father and as son, and I'll have to say that I have a big problem with messing with the pronouns where he put them in about himself. But it's not about gender. God is, is, is other. He, he's beyond that. Male and female, he are both created in his image. And sometimes that kind of messes with us because we, we, we can't get beyond gender issues often. Uh, but nothing else in this material world is said to be in his image. And what does that mean, to be created in his image? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that God looks like a human. He can appear however he wants to appear. He can appear as, as, a, as, a, as a bush being on fire but not consumed. He can, he can appear as a still small voice. He can appear as a dove descending in bodily form. He can, uh, he can appear as cloven tongues of fire coming down and resting upon people. He can appear like a son of man. However, he wants to appear. And frankly, our physical appearance and characteristics are the least important thing there is about us. They're absolutely the thing that matters the least. And, of course, we live in a culture that glorifies the way that you look so much. And, you know, how, uh, I mean, not everybody can be cut like me. <laughs> Say, ah, yes, well, that sort of reminds me of a cookie cutter. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but it's the least important thing. I... Uh, <laughs> I, as I was thinking about this this week, I was reminded of, a, of an old song that uh, it, it, was, it was a big hit back in uh, the 60s, and it's, it had a few turns in some movies and stuff. How many of you are old enough to remember the song, If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Okay, yeah. See, well, I didn't pay any attention to that whatsoever. But I understand the reason behind it, you know, and, and, I, and I, love the, uh, I love the call back and forth in it where, where the guy's going, hey man, I saw your wife the other night, did you? Yeah, she sure is ugly, yeah, but she sure can cook, you know, that's, uh... <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a mess of a song, but it, it was good. Uh... <laughs> But here's the thing, you can marry a babe or you can marry a hunk and you can be miserable, absolutely miserable in your life because it's not about what they look like. You get somebody who the image of God shines through, so, somebody who that, uh, some of, the, some of the, the crud has been wiped away so that, so that his image really comes forth, you know what, and you'll be happy. You, you'll, be, you, you'll have a good situation with the person that, that you're involved with. So our physical look, really, I mean, that, that's the least important thing about us. We're a carbon-based life form, just like everything else, in terms of our physicality. And if physicality is a word, speciality ought to be a word as well. I, 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 I really do think that. 
So, what does it mean, created in his likeness? I want to look at, at a few things in his image. First of all, the power to reason, to think. Our, our brains aren't the biggest brains, about 2.7 pounds on average, slightly larger than a walrus's brain, uh, 2.4, so you're probably smarter than a walrus. But uh, <laughs> sperm whale, they, their brains weigh over 17 pounds. You know, and nobody's ever really talked about how brilliant sperm whales are. Right? <laughs> Obviously, other creatures think and at times appear to reason after a fashion, except cats. I just said that so that Connie Hutchison would, would, would get on to me after the service. Uh, but to really reason and think abstractly uh, is limited to mankind in the material world. Let me, let me give you some examples of abstract reasoning. Elephant. Yeah. Actually, it's E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T. It's some letters that are shaped together and it looks nothing at all like that yet when you see that word you think of this because you have the power to reason abstractly and if you're vietnamese you think of that when you see this word you know what what i don't how can you how can you describe something that big in three letters I mean, fly, ant, I get, you know? <laughs> little bitty things, little bitty, little bitty words. Elephant, boy. We have the power to reason abstractly. Uh, uh, chair, you know, a chair that doesn't look like a chair, except the H kind of does. But if you're Welsh, you don't have an H in it, you've got whatever that word is. <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> I, uh, our pastor in Zimbabwe was Welsh, and uh, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't Pentecostal. He, he had no problem with Pentecostals, but uh, he, uh, he said that he didn't need to speak in tongues because he spoke Welsh, and anyone who speaks Welsh already does speak in tongues. <laughs> right now to it. Our... our our art, our abstract art, we have the power to look at. You know, that doesn't really look like anything that occurs in nature, but you know what that is. It's our worship team. Yeah. A few of the dancers in there, everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, th this, I... I, I that's a cool office, you know, you got your pen, and those people still use, I mean, those are, that's, that's writing, for those of you who are not familiar with such a thing. And this thing here, it's, it's, a, it's a woman, fish, fish woman thing, <laughs> can make you think of all sorts of things, because you have the power to reason abstractly. Let me give you one other example of abstract reasoning that we have. That's about as abstract as you can possibly get, quite frankly. You know, you work and you get, well, you actually don't even get green pieces of paper anymore. You get, you know, one piece of paper that says that somewhere there are green pieces of paper that you could get. <laughs> 
with your one piece of paper. But really, when you look at that, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly how many bills are there. It's about $110 or something like that. But really, you don't, it's, it's two tanks of gas. It's, uh, it's, it's, it'll, it's food for a week for a family if they eat at home. Yeah. It's, uh, if, you, if you put four of those together, you can get an iPad mini and a, and a cover. You know, it, we, we, it's an abstract concept that we're able to, uh, we're able to think about. We're able, we're able to put together. Uh, it, you see, it's one thing. Every now and then you'll hear or you'll see something written in the paper about we've learned that such and such an animal can do such a thing and has this power and everything. Uh, that's just the 24-hour news cycle needing to feed the beast. Uh, the truth of the matter is, learning if I push this button, food will come. If I push this button, food will come. Oh, food didn't come. You know, or it will come or it won't come. But, it, the, but learning to go why, that's where we're different. And that's why the Lord is able to say to us, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool, because we're created in His image. We also have the ability to create. The first revelation of God is not as Father or as Son or as King, but as Creator. First thing that we, that we see Him do. In the beginning, God created. There are few things as powerful as creativity. On June the 2nd, I'm going to be uh, uh, doing a sermon that will kick off a series. We're going to, we're going to take a seven-week series after that week on our seven statements of faith that we have here. But uh, on that day, I'm going to talk about the vision that we have for this place. I've actually been asked a couple times in the last, uh, in the last week, you know, why, why are we uh, Worshiping Arts Center? Why aren't we Springhouse Worshiping Arts Church? And I'll, and I'll answer that. I've got an answer for that. But, and, and talk a little bit about why we have a vision that concerns the arts. But for right now, just let me say that it's, it's one of the most powerful things God has given to us. We write songs. We write plays. We write novels. We paint. We sculpt. We sing. We dance. We act. Even, even athletes, I mean, the, the, the most admired ones are really the ones that are, that are creative, the ones that can do creative things. Uh, Joe Montana, just to mention a, a famous 49er, uh, <laughs> Joe Montana, you know, wasn't, wasn't a big guy, wasn't all that strong, wasn't all that fast, didn't have all that great an arm. What he had was the ability to create on the move and do things that you went, whoa, hadn't seen that before. Didn't know, didn't know that would, didn't know you could do that. Even in the military, I mean, the, the great military geniuses were the ones that, that were creative in the, in the way that they would be able to put things together. Now, other creatures may build things. But that's not the same thing. Birds build nests. Beavers build dams. Ants build anthills, whatever. Uh, uh, bees, they... Um, hives, yeah. <laughs> We're on a roll here. But building something out of functional necessity is one thing. Creating is something else for the sheer pleasure of it. For the sheer pleasure of it. I, I'll, I'll dare say that there are probably, I don't know, 
I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna get into math here but some of you out here have written poems that no one will ever read and you're gonna write some more because when you write them you feel pleasure some of you've written songs no one's ever going to hear but when you write them you feel pleasure why do we why do we feel that what 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 made that inside of us revelation 4 11 this is in the message says worthy O master yes our god take the glory the honor the power you created it all it was created because you wanted it in fact the king james says for your pleasure it was created it wasn't created because you needed it he didn't make us because he had to have us to keep things going or anything like that he did it simply because it felt good it's so cool let's just make a world and it's the same reason why we create because we are created in his image we do things that he does no other creature does for those reasons a third thing the power of speech only humans have the power of speech it might be one exception but i'll get there in a second and if you go the evolutionary explanation route it has something to do with somehow us developing longer necks and our thorax dropping and our mouth getting smaller and our tongue getting more flexible and yada 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 blah 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 but why because you see when when you go the evolutionary route it's supposed to be because it it helped it made things better and I sometimes it does but is there anything that gets us more in trouble <laughs> than speech yeah all right we can cooperate to fight a war but what started the war in the first place speaking uh, coming out you know saying things now who would have thought of speech all other creatures get along perfectly well without it I mean you know I know that they make noises you know moo <laughs> cluck bark bark yeah meow I know that yeah. <laughs> but in some ways it's better not to have it and I, okay and I and I know you know birds yeah some birds can speak big deal I'm a bird 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 I read all of those that that's not enough to keep the mind alive seriously you get right down to it mimicking human speech is one thing creating complex language is something else and it's a creative process I mean when you think of the next sentence to say when you rehearse what you're going to say to, to somebody you're creating that's 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 what's coming up that's what's happening James 3 6 says the tongue is a fire world of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell so this was something we needed for evolution no it's it's a two-edged sword 
We are created in God's image. And the first thing that we saw God do was speak. The first thing that happened was the word went forth from his mouth in that creative process. The word went forth from his mouth and he said, let there be light. The ability to speak is the most, most powerful ability that we possess. It, 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 it's used to, to, to move nations, shift nations, but the psalmist says, may the Lord cut off all flattering lips and every boastful tongue that says we will triumph with our tongues. We own our lips. Who is our master? You control the, the word going forth, you control a lot. On the other side of it, Proverbs 25, 11, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. How many times or how many here have had a point in your life where you've basically just been, your life has totally been turned around. You've been rescued by a word that someone brought you. A certain time when somebody said, it's going to be okay. When somebody said, I believe in you. When somebody said, let me help you. When somebody said, you're going to be a great mommy you're going to be a great husband you're going to be a you're, you're going to be a, a great worker you're gonna you can do this sometimes it's a rebuke but it's a rebuke that's aptly spoken you know it takes somebody awfully close to you to go your breath smells bad <laughs> but that's news you can use That's, that's good information that people, can, that people can bring to you. And the most important thing, and please understand, I'm not building a, a case here to say, well, you know, people who can't speak can't be saved. Of course they can. God's got that covered. But Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's with the heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess. And are saved it's it's an integral component in receiving the gospel coming to salvation we're created in God's image we can speak and then and this may be where a lot of folks thought I would go to the first place we have this innate sense of moral judgment people believe in right and wrong they really do they may not necessarily believe I mean primarily we generally believe the same things are right and wrong but even if you don't even if you've got a, a psychopathic idea or a sociopathic idea of what is right and what is wrong you still believe that right exists and wrong exists and I promise you if a total stranger comes up to you and slugs you in the nose you're going to think you've been done wrong Somebody steals something from you. Uh, if you were shopping, this is hypothetical. It's happened to me. If you were shopping at uh, Kroger and you leave your cell phone by the uh, checkout line and you get out to the car and you go, oh, I have my cell phone. Yes, I forgot. And you go back in and it's gone and nothing has been turned in. I promise you, you go to the car feeling that right and wrong exist. And you've just been wronged by somebody. Now, with God's help, you can go, Lord, I hope they needed it. Somehow use this 
is all for my good, but still, you've got that sense of something wrong has been done here. And have you ever heard any, it's not, it's not always negative. Have you ever heard anybody say, I always look for the good in people? Or, you know, what, you think that's probably good advice to always look for the good in people? All right, you don't. Okay. Do you, do you, I know it makes you, yeah, it makes you, you know, oh, don't be naive. Well, but yeah, you don't have to be, I'm talking about, not talking about being naive, I'm talking about looking for the good in people. But when you say that, you're acknowledging there's such a thing as good. Where did we get that? How did we how did we come to feel that way? And even physiologically, there is proof that we feel that way because people do something that no other creature does. Anybody know what it is? Smile? My dog smiles. I, 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 <laughs> but maybe, I mean, yeah, smile, maybe works. But we blush. In fact, that, was, that aggravated the wahoo out of, uh, out of Darwin because he just couldn't figure it out. Why in the world did we blush? Why would we blush? I'll tell you why we blush. We are created in God's image. And God is holy. We are fallen, but there are still echoes of holiness in there. We know what it is, and we know what it isn't. And when we encounter what it isn't, we have a physical reaction to it. Ultimately, yes, we can become seared in our conscience, as Paul says over in Ephesians, so that it, the reaction might not be that strong, but it's still there. It's still there. When, when, you, when you approach something, whether someone else is doing it or you're, or you're considering doing it that you know's not right there's still something inside that goes that's not right we are created in the image of holy god and we are created in the image of the judge of all of the earth and we have a moral sense of right and wrong inside of us it's not something that came from chemical reaction and biological diversity it's it's something that came from us being created in the image of god and it's evidence of his existence i will say this before i move on to the last thing those who uh, uh you know get into this sort of thing and are uh really strong on the uh in evolution will say well we blush because uh, blushing keeps us from lying it keeps us honest uh, because it, it, it tips off when we're not being honest where did honest come from you know why 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 is that important it's important because we have this moral sense inside of us and then finally we're created in his image and we know we are because he has put eternity in our hearts you ever had a sense that you wanted something 
and you just didn't quite know what it, maybe it's french fries. <laughs> or maybe it's, maybe I want to go for a walk or something. But none of those were it. Because it's something beyond here. Ever had the sense that you don't really belong here? This wasn't really what you were made for? Of course you have. Because the writer of Ecclesiastes says he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. I read an article this week that uh, put a, it, it wasn't talking about this, but in reading and I, I couldn't help but connect it to this and it really put a different spin on things. I don't know if you remember, but back the first week we were talking about the Big Bang and everything and the universe expanding and everything. And it's expanding at an ever-increasing rate, at a faster rate. And this article was talking about the fact that we're sort of in a window right now where our technology is such that we can you know, peer into the skies. We've got these powerful telescopes and everything and we can even send ships into orbit with telescopes. Uh, but the, the universe is running away from us faster than our technology is going. And so ultimately, if the Lord tarries and people are still around here, ultimately we will see, we'll be able to see less than we can see now. Not, not more, which we kind of assume that it'll be ever more and more and more. And yeah, uh, you know, we can certainly see more now with telescopes than we could with our, with our naked eye. But no, ultimately, as the universe expands and runs away from us, we'll see less, not more. I don't know about you, but the one thing that I really can't deal with is utter futility. Utter meaninglessness and and if you, the atheistic, humanistic worldview offers really nothing, no meaning whatsoever. Because if, if a hundred years from now, nobody's going to know that I was here, or, you know, if a billion years from now, none of us will be here. Or in 10 billion years from now, the universe won't exist anymore, and it'll all start all over again then what does it matter how i treat you or how you treat me or what i get or don't get what 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 does that matter it absolutely doesn't matter if this is all there is but i don't know if i can live a life in that kind of world i, I don't know if i can live that kind of existence where nothing matters nothing means anything I mean, whatever I create it's going to be gone someday so why bother to create it except for the fact that I'm created in the image of God and it makes me feel good the gospel on the other hand offers eternal life and says this no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived 
what God has prepared for those who love him. And so God must be important. Life must be important. Love must be important. The way that we treat each other must be important. Everything that happens must be important to some level and some degree. And it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of, you know, so if we're really good, one of these days God will take us to Disney World in the sky. It's not about Disney World or, or Hawaii. I mean, you know, it's not about, and really, to be honest with you, the streets of gold and, and, and all of that stuff, that's just the best we can, that's just the best grasp we can get on it. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, it's never even entered into the mind of man what God's really got for us. That's what the gospel offers. That's what, that's what it brings. And so I have every reason in the world to believe that God is real because of what he's done in my life and because I know that mankind is unique and all the creation, the paragon of animals, the beauty of the whole earth. I have every reason in the world to believe in him. But you know what? If it were even 50-50, I still can't go that other way. I've got to go this way. I've got to have a life that means something. And you know what? You do too because God has placed eternity in your hearts. You are created in his image, and he is eternal. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to pray with people come forward? He is here. The same God who created us, the same God who made all of these by whose great strength and mighty power not one of them is missing, He is here. And if you don't know Him, we'd love to introduce you to Him. We can do that. If you do know Him, but you got some stuff going on in your life. Maybe you're in one of those seasons where it's hard to see it's all for my good. Or you're in a position where you're going, help God. Or maybe you haven't even been going help God, but the Holy Spirit's kind of dinked something inside of you, and now you're kind of going, you know, I ought to pray for that. Come. We're going to worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you. He's been waiting for you all your life. You come. And you dance over me While I am unaware You sing all
Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world to redeem that which he has made to redeem that which he has made in his own image may that redemption be at work in you and may the beauty of that image show to those all around you to his glory through Jesus Christ our Lord let me also mention next Sunday we're going to be having baptisms. We've got quite a few people who want to be baptized. If you want to be baptized, see somebody on the staff or one of the elders. We'll set that up. Nathan. Nathan, see me.